Well, that's what's funny is I think that, you know, between cold IPAs, dark lagers, everything's kind of trending towards lagers. Yeah. Because a cold IPA is just a hopped lager. A dark lager is like a light porter or whatever. So everything's kind of trending towards like a lager fermentation, a cold fermentation, making these nice light beers. And I think part of that is probably coming from people drinking less and wanting a less heavy beer. But yeah, I think it's kind of a cool thing. Like obviously these aren't new recipes. Mm -hmm. I mean, might be new for them, but it's not like a a new invention to have this. Style of beer, but it's like a new style of beer. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's becoming more and more popular by like the month. Welcome to Taste BC Radio, where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants, breweries, wineries, and just about anywhere where we can eat or drink local. I'm Jeff, and I'm Dan, and we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Taste BC Radio, or email us at host at tastebcradio.ca. All right, tasters, let's get into it. Hey Dan. Hey Jeff. How's it going? It's going, man. We're into the we're deep into the new year. Well, not not super deep, but at least a few days into the new year. How was your New yeah, Year's? New Year's was fine. Yeah. New Year's but, Eve. Uh, yeah, like New Year's Eve was fine. Uh-huh. Um couple days in, like early in the first couple days of New Year's, a close friend of mine got into a pretty bad car accident and is in the hospital uh-huh. and has been for about a week. Yeah, about a week now. How are they doing? Today. She's okay. Broke her leg in two places Oof. and had to get surgery and is getting another surgery tomorrow. Oh my goodness. And hopefully gets to go home on Monday, which is the day before this comes out. But yeah, it's it's going to be a bit of a road to recovery. She'll she'll do well. She's like young, strong and healthy or whatever, but mm-hmm. But still, it's pretty life-changing in terms of just kind of immediately being unable to be as active as she normally is and stuff. And yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's so... Well, we at Taste BC Radio wish her a speedy recovery. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, send a care package. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um it's been interesting spending a lot of the last week at the hospital and just kind of feeling like I'm in your world every time I walk into the the front entrance or whatever. It, there's just like ambulances everywhere. And uh, yesterday I saw the air ambulance, the the helicopter come in and land on the roof and and then take off after dropping a patient off, I guess, or whatever, or or coming in for a transfer or something. And yeah, the healthcare system is so overrun. Oh it's yeah, un- unbelievable. Yeah, so I have a lot a lot of empathy for you. Oh, thanks, man. It's uh, it's chaotic at the moment, and like it's gonna be a while before it kind of gets back to what it was before, and hopefully better as. Uh, healthcare practitioners have learned from the last like few years and i hope the higher-ups have also learned and have like put in place plans to make things better for for the workers and ultimately the patients as well like it's what's going on right now is not sustainable and it's yeah it's well, especially with the aging boomer population there's gonna be a lot more people in need of care absolutely across the board and it needs like heavy heavy investment almost like just like restructuring of how like resources are spread uh, around and for sure something a bit maybe a bit more pro- proactive rather than reactive um would be hugely beneficial in the long run but i think like going back to the basics to start is just like getting our staffing across the board stabilized because that's a yeah. huge huge problem uh, especially in the emergency department it's it's not good thankfully the paramedics right like we are pretty well like our staffing obviously there's always room for improvement but it's much better from what i've heard even in vancouver 
than it was before, so that's really good to hear. And here in Victoria, it's a bit, it's pretty good overall, I would say. So yeah, um, it's that's nice to see. It's nice to see it's not there's not a ton of ambulances going down in our area for lack of staff. And um, but yeah, uh, we as a healthcare just in general, like we're the paramedics are a pretty small piece of that puzzle, but we are all hoping that things get better for our colleagues in hospital and nurses, doctors, everybody. Yeah, it's it's been it's been tough for sure. I mean, there's, you know, people sleeping in the hallways, like on beds and they kind of put up little like curtains and stuff for privacy and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. just yeah, it's it's unbelievable and and there's huge infrastructure being added like the Surrey Memorial Hospital getting the huge expansion and growth and Royal Columbia is getting the big new tower, but that's not even going to open until 2025. And uh, I think there's another one in Surrey going up, but it's a brand new hospital apparently being built in Cloverdale. And uh, I think Burnaby is also getting an upgrade as well. But again, those are long, feel like they're a long way away from being functional or just finished. (laughs) Any kind of construction for a government organization takes forever because it can't go a cent over budget. So no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very tough, but um, yeah, it's just been an interesting kind of few, few days or or Mm -hmm. week or so, I guess, of just kind of like seeing that whole world that you kind of ignore unless you need it. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's very true. Um, well, I wish, I wish you didn't have to see it in that, uh, well, I don't, I wish nobody has to be part of it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause otherwise that means like somebody, you know, or yourself needs medical care. I mean, it's nice to have it when you need it, but we always kind of hope that nobody needs it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and then with fewer people needing it, then more people get better care yeah. when they need it. So. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, that was a very depressing note to start off on. Wow. How was your New Year's? It was um good. Yeah. I worked uh, New Year's Day night, I think. Um but I so I didn't have to work New Year's Eve, which is kind of nice. Great. Yeah, I heard it was a pretty chaotic night, but they upstaffed a couple of ambulances here in Victoria, so that kind of helped keep things at bay or at least keep us functioning which is great right. always good to hear that's good and it's nice when they do stuff like that because then it just i mean they have to but it's still nice <laughs> yeah yeah other than that we've just been trucking along and enjoying uh different milestones of parenting with our child yeah every day is a new adventure <laughs> it's uh it's chaotic in its own way but it's it's amazing uh, every day seems to get like more and more fun so any funny stories recently I wouldn't say like just uh just like cute reactions to things like it's kind of bad but he was sitting in his high chair we've been introducing a lot of like solid foods to him now because he's shown mm-hmm. a lot of interest and always wants like a piece of what we're eating and stuff like that so we've been yeah, slowly yeah. introducing him to food and his first food is sheep and noki <laughs> yeah no <laughs> um <laughs> the vegetables are a part of that absolutely Great, great. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of allergens, uh, which is good. Just slowly introducing those. But he was about to eat with us, and uh, I was he was just playing with a toy that sits and has a little suction cup so it can sit on his high chair table. And he was playing around yeah. with it, and so I, his food was getting ready so i was trying to like get it off of hit off of the high chair table and uh having a really tough time with it it was suctioned really well and i just like turn my head for a second and i lift the thing and suddenly it like releases and like part of the the toy just like bopped him on the nose and he just looked at me he was like what (laughs) (laughs) just so startled not sure what to do Yeah, yeah exactly i don't know how to react to this and then uh 
So he got some cuddles with dad and he settled yeah. down and enjoyed a nice meal. But it's like little moments like that where they're just like becoming more and more human. It's hilarious. And yeah, yeah. That's um, funny. Reacting to different things that are happening. And yeah, it's just, it's funny. All right. Well, we talked for 10 minutes about people that can't drink beer, but now we're going to just talk about beer for a while. So, <laughs> Dan, <laughs> yeah. Love yeah. It. what do you think about that? Good Good topic for beer. I think it's always a great day. A hundred percent. Starting off the, well, having our second episode of the new year, uh, going back to our roots and what we love to talk about most, I would, I would argue. All right, Dan, this, this brewery has been on my radar for quite a bit of time now. I've been there a few times now and I have a, not the easiest time finding too much information about them because the name of the brewery itself is also, uh, a beer. (laughs) So uh, the brewery is in Chilliwack, and they're called Farmhouse Brewing, oh, and they nice. registered in 2019, opened in 2020, it looks like, and they're they're just doing a really good version of, like, a farm becoming a brewery and food and a great event space and farm-to-table kind of cooking and stuff, so... In 2014, actually, Colleen and Dan Niels were brewing out of their garage and they had the food safety license and everything. So they were actually able to kind of produce beer and sell it. I don't know to what extent that was supporting them or anything, but mm. they uh, they decided to eventually make their hobby into a full-time gig. In 2019, they registered the name Farmhouse Brewing Co. And I don't know if it was already their property or not, but they opened up the brewery and tasting room and they have a like a forno so like a pizza oven Mm -hmm. and they opened up at the end of 2020 and uh, just recently celebrated three years being open Mm. now this is one the i think actually the favorite brewery of my friend who's in the hospital so this is kind of a timely episode for me amazing so colleen and dan neils are a husband and wife team and they also have managed to have their farm brewer brewery be part of what's called the Chilliwack Agricultural Tour. And so this is a group of people that come in on agrotourism, which is like tourism of like farmland, farm related things. Like uh, there's a subsection of it called wine tourism. There's a subsection of it um, in different kinds of agriculture, but it's basically agricultural based tourism. Mm-hmm. And in our beautiful province, I think we see most of that happening for relatively local people. So people from Vancouver that go out and they do this or people that are coming from out of town and they're staying and they're like, oh, what do we do on this random day? Well, we're going to do this agro tour and they'll take to different breweries different because Chilliwack obviously has got a ton of farmland. Mm-hmm. Now, Chilliwack has been a real staple for me in the last few. Langley and Chilliwack have been just these great two little areas where these breweries have been producing just incredible beers and Farmhouse is no exception to that. So the first time I tasted Farmhouse was actually two summers ago at one of the uh, Brewhalla events. Mm. And uh, if you want to hear about that, our episode 6.5, I think, a bonus episode of what we did that summer. So quite early on in the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically Brewhalla was a big closed event where there were tickets, you get tokens, and you can try breweries from all over places that come from all over BC and come in and do samplings and tastings. And Farmhouse was there and it was the first time I'd heard of them. And their beers were really simple and clean and delicious. And I was like, oh, this is great. There was actually consistently one of the longest lines for Farmhouse uh, at the Brewhalla event. 
uh, I guess people knew they were so good, so they consistently lined up for them. Mm-hmm. And they've continued to execute and uh, not disappoint. So I'm going to start by getting into the property. So you pull in and there's this kind of off-white tan sort of building. Obviously, it looks like a farmhouse. And there's a big amount of property behind it. There's there's a fair amount of green space in front of it when you're driving in. And then it opens up immediately on your right-hand side is the forno and the kitchen. And then just past that is the bar. And then there's some bar seating and tables in there. And then behind that, they have kind of like a solarium area. So it opens up in the summertime when it's warm out. But you can also have dogs in that portion of it. It's licensed as a patio. So you can you can sit there with your pups undercover and uh, with the windows closed during the winter time even if you're getting food outside from that area kind of going, coming back towards the parking lot there is a big white tent so you can still sit undercover but it's not heated and then they have in the summertime seating out on the grass as well and so you kind of have these four stages of seating where depending on the weather you can kind of tailor your experience to what you're looking for and it's you know it's a standard kind of wood tables and benches and counter service for beer and food they have 14 taps 12 of them stay full of their beer and then two are from outside places one is usually a cider and the other is usually a kombucha lovely also outside they have some lawn games they've got a chicken coop where you can see chickens hanging out (laughs) and don't feed them <laughs> they have hops growing on the property. They've got great spaces and just like lights and umbrellas and just like a really great atmosphere outside. You're surrounded by farmland uh, all around you, but it's not like stinky animal farmland. It's like really pretty, uh, <laughs> flat, green agriculture land. So it looks very pretty out there, kind of similar to some of the other breweries in, in the area that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the beers, um, they do quite a wide range of different kinds of beers. They do they do what's called a U-Pick Rattler, which is like a, a Rattler is like a beer crossed with like a lemonade or a fruit juice kind of thing. And so what they do is they just do rotating flavors of like berries that are in season or fruits that are in season. Then they do some nice light beers like Pilsner's, Golden Ale, a wonderful honey lager. They've got the hay lager, Session Ales. They've got a beer that's really growing in popularity, which is the Dark Lager, mm. or also known as a Schwartz beer. And so it's, as I'm sure you know, Dan, it's a, like a, I guess a roasted malt lager. Yeah. And so it makes this really nice. My wife is getting really into dark lagers right now. And, and she had this one when we were last there and it's delicious. It's nice because you get those like nice toasted roasted malt flavors, but you don't have to deal with the heaviness of a porter or a stout. So it's still really approachable and sessionable, which I really love about it. Like you could have it during the summer and it's still really refreshing and somehow right. a little bit lighter than like a stout. It's, oh, they're so good. Yeah. And a Schwartz beer is like, okay, that's something. Yeah. But a dark lager, you can almost picture and imagine exactly what that is. So you don't have to really think about it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll have a dark lager. That's, that's perfect. I know exactly what that means. So it's true. And then they get into some really fun really fun flavors so starting again we're going to keep it nice and simple we got a lemon lime lager uh it's this really simple lager you get a little bit of that citrusy you get a little bit of that kind of like it's like not it's not a sour by any means it's just Mm -hmm. light and crisp it's like putting that like uh wedge of lime in your corona is beautifully refreshing uh they do a salted guava sour so basically like a guava gosa which is really delicious you know guava kind of has that sweetness Mm -hmm. tartness to it um I, I think you put it one time 
a year and a half ago it's like it has like a like a fuzziness to it you're yeah. talking about peaches but there's that kind of like taste of like fuzziness i really love them guava <laughs> uh they do a ginger mandarin sour as well they've always Ooh. got a couple of really cool sours going so they've got like very like christmasy uh you know chinese mandarin oranges are traditionally a, a winter fruit mm-hmm. so that's very appropriate for because you normally think of sours in the summer and then you got the ginger mandarin now in the winter and it's got this very kind of like spicy from the ginger and, and then sweetness from the mandarin and yeah it's a really cool like winter sour mm-hmm. rendition which is really cool they'll blow your face off with a triple hopped hazy ipa the haze obviously kind of mellows it out a little bit they've got cocoa chocolate porter if you really want to go dark with that with mm-hmm. the, the coffee and the chocolate um and then they have some of their ones that they've run before that are out of kegs but they'll keep on cans if you're wanting to have even more variety so blackberry peach cobbler sour raspberry lemonade sour mango lemon sour hazy pale ale berry bash which is like a berry sour and uh, it looks like they keep like a portion of the cans back for Mm -hmm. when they rotate to the new beer so they still have these offerings but they've already offered it on top and it allows them to keep their offerings at a higher level so yeah super cool flights are always a fun time there anytime i've gone there with my wife it's not been okay you're gonna get a flight i'm gonna get a flight it's like okay let's be strategic about these two flights and be able to get as many as possible my wife and i do the same thing okay i want to try this one this one this one and then you just get those ones (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's it's the it's the correct way to do it 100 percent. the only thing i don't like about that is when there's canned pours and you can't put those on flights and i'm like no i guess i have to try those by themselves then oh no <laughs> <So> yeah <laughs> moving on to the food like i said they have a forno so that's like a wood fi- actually i don't even know if it's wood or if it's uh gas but it looks like it's wood a fired oven mm-hmm. uh like you would see in a pizza place they make you know pretzel and beer cheese dip they got some good like roasted appies like warmed olives but they do wood roasting olive and uh, they put some seasoning on that meatballs crab cakes stuff like that of course got beer snacks which include like sausages and charcuterie plates and such but the i mean let's be honest the reason we come is the pizza mm-hmm, so they've course. got a, a a very large variety of pizzas offering flavors from all over the world uh they've got the classic you know, margaritas and pepperonis. If you're daring enough to put pineapple on your pizza, they'll give you a Hawaiian with a beer braised pineapple uh, just to take it to the next level. Yes. They've got some good veggie forward pizzas as well, like their Greendale, which comes with pickled peppers and garlic roasted veggies. They have a couple other options, including a fungi, which is like a very mushroom parmigiani kind of pizza. They take locally grown mushrooms, garlic roast them and drizzle some truffle oil on them as well. And if that wasn't enough, they have a gochujang pizza. And a gochujang is a Korean fermented chili paste. So a lot of Korean is kind of like a spicy element. It's not a sauce of its own, but used in combination with sesame oil or whatever. It can make a really, really beautiful flavor. Mm -hmm. But if you like it a little spicier, they serve it with a side of wasabi ranch as well. If you want to be kind of sacrilege as well, they'll do a (laughs) smoked salmon pizza or a king prawn pizza as well with kind of like in a California pesto style Ooh. prawn pizza. So yeah, some really cool stuff, yeah. I'm waiting for the uh, pickle pizza. Yeah. That's the next abomination. <laughs> you know what? It's not a BC-based product, but I got from my sister a pickle hot sauce. Ooh, nice. And it's 
basically like a salsa verde、uh-huh. with jalapenos and serranos, but instead of like a tomatillo or green tomato or herbs or whatever,、yeah. it uses cucumbers, dill, and like a and then keeps it like a really vinegary sauce. Nice. Now, naturally, I couldn't just give it to her without trying it for myself, so I got myself a bottle. Well, my wife and I got a bottle. Yeah. And oh my god, it is so good. That sounds, that sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it is so good. It is a company from I think Ontario, so they are Canadian. But it's made by Heartbeat Hot Sauce, and it's called a, it's called Dill Pickle Serrano.、So. Ah, yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes. Sounds lovely. Anywho,、um, yeah. And then if pizza is not your style for some reason,、uh, and you're more of like a sandwich person, they do a couple calzones as well.、Ooh. So I don't want to get any feedback that they only have pizzas there because they basically have like pizza sandwiches too. So <laughs>、uh, pizza sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a, a handful of the pizzas from there. They've all been fantastic.、Excellent. They do offer gluten free dough if that is your vibe. Otherwise, they use a beautiful double zero Italian flour, which gives that. Really nice chew,、mm. blisters up nicely. It's kind of a Napoli style pizza. Probably cooks for a little bit longer than ninety seconds in their oven, but it's a really nice crust on it. You get that kind of really simple dough that carries the flavors. It's strong enough to hold up the toppings, but it's soft enough to chew through, and it's not the entirety of the meal. It's not you're not eating it on a piece of bread. So they do a really good job with their dough, and I know that that or like their dough and crust. And I know that that sounds silly, but that's such. I think a make or break point for pizza that it's worth a mention for sure. They make their dough and it ferments for forty eight hours, which is the same as proofing for forty eight hours, depending how you look at it. So it'll have a little bit better chew, a little better crumb to it. Love it. Yeah, that's about it.、Uh, it's not a whole lot of information, but it's definitely a must visit place. I think that、uh, for Colleen and Dan, it's an incredible job that they've done. I think that their merch is great. Their staff have always been super friendly. I always forget how. Beautiful, the property looks, but I think it's just it's it's worth the visit. There's also plenty of breweries out in that area. It's a little bit further away than kind of the other cluster, but it's worth the drive for sure from anywhere in the Lower Mainland.、Uh, if you live in Hope or or Merritt, even it's you know close to you, so it's very nice. Amazing. Sounds like they're doing things the right way. I did、uh, some of my schooling out in Chilliwack, and I heard a lot of really good things about this brewery. So it's、mm-hmm. very popular among the、uh, local emergency services. <laughs> yeah, yeah.、Uh, one thing to note is they are open twelve to eight Monday to Thursday, twelve to nine Friday and Saturday, but they are closed every Sunday. And、uh, interesting.、Uh, as much as that may be frustrating for some people, it's also a really amazing thing to do for your staff to be able to have Sundays off. So、um, I respect that decision. I think、yeah. it's great. Absolutely. So、uh, check out. Farmhouse Brewing Co. at six three eight five Lickman Road in Chilliwack. It's about maybe five minutes south of the number one highway.、Mm. Very easy to get to, and、uh, see you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. All right. Is it the day that we get to hear the rest of the space case? Well, finally, <laughs> it's、uh, it's hilarious. We、uh, I we had thrown or packed away the cans to be recycled or go to the bottle depot without me realizing that I hadn't wrote down the rest of the beers that we had, and so instead of、um, taking a lot of time to like go through each bag and try to find the ones that I hadn't talked about yet, my lovely wife gave me the idea of actually seeing. If there is a blog on it, and so I was actually able to find a blog and、uh, oh. see the、uh, list of the beers, and so I've been able to write them down, and I re- remember each one. So let's finish the space case. I would have preferred you went dumpster diving. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no. All right, all right, Mr. Space Cadet, what do you got? All right, let's continue this wonderful space adventure. I'm going to start with the mixed fern saison lager. So it's a mixed fermentation saison and lager. And this one was really quite interesting. It it wasn't flashy in terms of like this really taste, uh, really like out there flavor profile. I really wanted to showcase what these two individual styles of beer could taste like mixed together. And it came out this like really beautiful kind of like that saltiness sometimes you get from saisons and then a nice light hop and easy drinking uh, lager finish. It was a really interesting experiment and it worked out really, really well. I really enjoyed the mixing of the two styles of beers and it's one that I will remember for a long, for a long time. Yeah, despite it being uh, 6.9%, it was really easy to drink, which is always very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what would you rate it out of five? To- uh, I would definitely give it a four. I think like for me, it was solid. I'd definitely have it again. It's just, it was uh, for me to give it something higher, it would need to have like this other uh, kind of flavor profile to it. Mm-hmm. So four is still a really good, uh, really good rating. Four is great. Me. The next one got very high rating when it's their spruce tip lager. Um, okay. I remember having this one in the brewery when it came out. And anytime you see spruce tip, especially on the West Coast, it is an immediate like, yep, got to try that. And this one definitely didn't disappoint. It was uh, a beautifully balanced lager, uh, really easy um, uh, and uh, really easy to drink, sorry. And uh, I found it to be beautifully balanced between um, a light hop and a kind of piney, earthy type flavor profile without it being overwhelming, like kind of taking over the lager kind of yeast flavor. So it was it was really delicious. I really enjoyed every sip of it. And for me, I'd give this one a 4.75. It was brilliant. Amazing. Brilliant, brilliantly done. The next one was their dunk, dunk Tank, their Dunkel Vice. And so this one was like a Dunkelweiss in style, so quite malt forward, very nicely done. And yeah, I mean, just very malt forward. And they're, it was just a solid beer. For me, I give it a 3.75. It was just solid. It just was not like blow me out of the water kind of thing. And it, like I've had quite a few Dunkelweissens before, and this one mm-hmm. was just solid. Yeah. Great. The next one, there was a uh, a Kvayak Fest beer, and now then they also had this one called the Kvayak Table Beer. This table beer is quite light. It's uh, 3.7, or sorry, 3.5%, and just a really light, easy-drinking flavor profile with a little bit of that Kvayak kind of yeast, which is a, a Norwegian-based yeah. yeast, I believe. And it kind of gives mm-hmm. this, like, like a souriness to it with, like, a little bit of, right. like, metallic, I think. It's, it's a horrible way of <laughs> describing it. It doesn't <laughs> sound tasty at all, and I quite enjoy Kvayak. But um, this one was pretty which was fine it was very solid uh nice and clean easy drinking like i said uh i think i give it a three and a half uh out of five which is the same as their percentage of alcohol so there you go (laughs) there you go (laughs) this one was a new style that i don't know i don't know if i've had before and i don't know if you have had before try me they did an india brown ale so it, okay. So it was a IPA, but it, IPA style, but instead of using like like a pale ale or uh, the, you know like your traditional uh, base for right. an IPA, it, they used a brown ale. So it was really cool. It was a hot. It wasn't super hoppy, but you could definitely taste like the IPA beneath the surface. Right. And it was 
very like a malty and hoppy beer. It was really, really interesting. Cool. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Especially for something that I had never tried before. This one was really yeah. different, but it was very, very nicely done and well balanced. Uh, it wasn't too hoppy. It wasn't too malty. The two flavors combined together really beautifully to make something that was um, something that everybody can enjoy. I know some people like really hoppy beer, some people don't. And this is kind of like a really nice in-between that would give you a, a good impression of what both of these styles bring to the table. Cool. Yeah, I've had a India Red Ale. Yes, I have too. I haven't seen those in a long time though, so I feel like this is kind of like the next step in the brotherhood of I blank A's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've got IRAs, we've got IBAs. What are we going to see yeah. next? Yeah, well, now with the IPL, Imperial mm-hmm. Pale Lager, also known as Cold IPA, also known as Hopped Lager, yeah. I wonder if people will start experimenting with that kind of combination and do like a IBL uh, in India Brown Lager. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It kind of, it feels like it could open the gates to a lot more, a lot different kind of experimentation with the ipa so i think like yeah. it's been around for a very long time there's lots of really really good uh renditions of ipas um like your hazies and all that stuff but it'd be really interesting to see if they could combine like different base beers like this one yeah like a brown ale base yeah. would be really in- it was it was fantastic i give it a four i yeah. give it a four and a half it was fan- fantastic awesome. okay hear me out yes hazy india brown lager Ooh. For a brewer who's listening, that is that would be something to definitely experiment with, I think. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Phillips, if you're feeling up to it, give me a call. If you need to hire someone to be the idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> Your ideas are too out there, man. Way too out there. You're crazy. <laughs> All right, Dan. So overall, Space Case, uh, I've been keeping track, and I can post this somewhere. I'll, I'll Maybe I'll post it on the uh, Instagram feed somewhere. Mm-hmm. Your... Overall ratings totaled up to 50.25 out of 60 possible points if every beer were rated out of five. Wow. That's an 84% of very respectable A-. minus. Absolutely. I'm happy with that score overall. Yeah, lots of different styles of beers that I really enjoyed. Some obviously more than others, but that's just kind of what tasting beer is all about. And yeah. There's definitely ones that knocked them out of the park, for sure. Like, uh, for so sure, yeah. many good ones. Yeah, amazing. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Space case complete. Finally. <laughs> all right, Jeff, what have, what have you been tasting these days? Yeah, so I got a delicious, juicy pale ale Ooh. that is called Happy Place. Ah. from neighborhood brewing figure i've got a list of things i want to tell you about but i figured i'd keep it on the beer path today nice and talk to you about the only beer on my list right now that i i really am excited about so i actually first went to neighborhood with you dan in Mm. penticton a few years ago when we were visiting up there and uh since then learned that they were owned or semi-owned by yellow dog as well but Ah. um it's kind of a different well not different a a similar but different kind of more sit down get food type of place in penticton uh neighborhood and they have this happy place 
beer, which is a juicy pale ale, and it's very easy drinking, 36 IBU, 5.3% alcohol, really easy to drink. It, it is a all year round kind of beer. Normally I would think of, you know, juicy pale ale being a little bit more summery. It is great on the beach, I imagine. I haven't <laughs> drank it on the beach, but <laughs> it is that kind of beer that would give you that, that kind of experience. What's cool about this one is they've got, as they put it, a healthy dose of oats to provide a luxurious mouthfeel. And Ooh. I can kind of attest to that. It gives you this really kind of unique experience. A lot of places have been going hazy. Juicy is like kind of like that one next step where it's got like a really, it's not even sweet, but it kind of gives you the mouthfeel of like a sweet drink. Mm. It's got like a really nice full body, but like not in a multi way in a in just like a really kind of nice viscosity. Mm. Yeah, it's it's cloudy, it's delicious, it's easy to drink, it's a good ABV that drinks like a lower ABV, and um, mm. yeah, definitely check it out. It's I know that Neighborhood has kind of been expanding their selections and are becoming more and more accessible. So so picked it up, I hadn't had Neighborhood since we tried it a couple years ago, and, and uh, I was happy to see that they're still making delicious beers. You could almost call their beers neighborly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. All right, Dan, why don't you tell me all about the brewery that you've chosen to talk about today? Well, boy, do I have a special one for you. It's one that you've been to a few times and enjoyed. And it's one of the original breweries in BC, or at least in Victoria, kind of along with Spinnaker's. And boy, does this have a lot of history behind it. So that's kind of where we're going to start after I tell you what the name of the brewery is. And it's Swans. Swans Brewery. Oh. Downtown Victoria. I think, do you remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't, you know what? I don't think I even realized it was its own brewery. I thought it was like a brew pub. And that's kind of what I thought as well. And then I was looking around and every time I looked up brewery, Swans came up. And yeah, it was opened as a brewery. And then, but then also like added kind of like the pub. There's a liquor store attached to this. There's a hotel attached to it. There's a lot of stuff going on in this place. But yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like that old building downtown that is like a hostel slash bar slash food slash like for the transient. But yeah, it is always kind of out like lived and like been kept up. Yeah, super cool building. Yeah, it's a really awesome building. And speaking of like old building, the building itself was built in 1913. I believe it. Yeah. And it was (laughs) it was built as a granary warehouse at the corner of where (laughs) you find it now, which is Pandora and Store Street. Um, and they operated a feed store that serviced all of the farms in the greater Victoria area out of this place. Wow. And it was that for 40 years. And in 1953, it was bought out by Buckerfields, which just kind of continued to do uh, the services for local farms. And that was Buckerfields until 1987, where our friend and founder of swans michael williams purchased the building and started the process of building swans which then opened in 1989 so one of the earliest breweries and brew pubs in victoria everybody was kind of like why are you buying this old building and he trusted his gut and uh just continued going down the journey for two years until a 1989 when he was first able to open Kind of a neat, because I guess back in the day, brew, head brewmasters weren't really like, it wasn't a, like a popular um, title for a job. Right. And the brewery itself, one of the very first head brewers actually was Sean Hoyne. And so you may recognize his last name as Hoyne Brewery. So this is really interesting because not only did Swans be one of the like, the very first breweries in Victoria, but it also had 
Sean Hoyne as one of their very first brewmasters. And, and this is the Hoyne that started Hoynes. Hoynes, exactly. Right. So a really cool little piece of history that I had no idea about. Obviously, he's gone off and done really, really well with Hoyne Brewing. Um, look forward to talking to that about them shortly. And uh, brewmaster now is Andrew Tessier. I hope I pronounced that name correctly. Sorry if I didn't. And he has uh, kind of taken on the brewing operations at Swans and has like, continued to incorporate the old, the traditional uh, beers that they had started with back in 1989, but also added a lot of really interesting and creative beers along the way. Great. One of the most interesting things about Swans is we'll start kind of where this connection with uh, a local university started. In 2000, unfortunately, Michael Williams uh, passed away while on a flight to London. Um, and because he was... On the flight? On the flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I know. And Michael had always been a very hi- uh, big supporter of higher education and the arts. And so he dona- donated, as part of his estate, donated all of the buildings and his businesses to UVic which is the local University of Victoria. And so, yeah, super interesting, right? And so the brewery itself, uh, they have at least one beer, and I think they do some uh, seasonal ones, that uh, part of the proceeds actually goes to the UVic athletics program. As of the time of the creation of this website and the, or this piece of the website, it is the only brewery in Canada to actually support a local university athletics program. Huh. Yeah, right? So super interesting. Um, it's got a wicked legacy like that. The brewery still actually incorporates its original lager storage, which is right underneath the, uh, it's in the, un- like almost underground under the lobby of the hotel port and that's where they store their lagers to be able to uh, ferment them uh, as long as they want and other beers as well which i always found really really interesting um uh, when you actually go to swans itself uh it's i it gives me like english pub vibes i don't know if you get that as well but it's kind of got that like darker wood and but lots of windows it's got like a almost like a solarium style uh covered patio where you're just looking out onto the street and then you have a a beautiful view of the johnson street bridge and then the inner harbor is right there so it's placed very very well to be kind of the center of of victoria it's very very accessible and it's always fairly busy there but you always seem to be able to find uh, a a spot with your group which is always really nice and they uh always tend to have very good service i've always enjoyed the Mm -hmm. um everybody seems to be having a good time at least the last few times that i've been there um and it's the whole vibe there is just super fun um another part that i didn't know about is they have a portion of the pub kind of closer to the hotel uh, lobby uh, where there's a bunch of art pieces of art and those artworks are actually Michael Williams's friends who painted them uh, oh, painted funny. Them. yeah so he has a bunch of his friends paintings still sitting up at Swan's brew pub and so it's um, actually one of uh, the one of the one of the best like small public al- galleries in Canada as per the eat magazine which is pretty pretty neat and uh, again something I didn't know about this place but we know we enough about the history we want to talk about the beer and the beer itself is really really inter- really really good across the board they are very 
uh, wide-reaching. They have a style of beer that any everybody would would like. Um, they do a ras. One of my favorites is their raspberry blonde ale, and it's a blonde ale that's fermented on 115 kilograms of Canadian raspberries, and it is absolutely <laughs> so juicy and so clean and easy to drink. Um, I've also really enjoyed their pitch black, which is we talked about the a dark lager. Well, this is a dark pilsner. And it's jet black in color, oh, very funny. roasty, and um, uh, very clean and crisp, like a pilsner on the on the on the nose as well. Cool. Yeah, and they also provide. I haven't tried it personally, but I've. Uh, they've. We were talking about different kind styles of um, India Pale Ale, but they have a India Session Lager or an ISL. So there you go. Right, right. And so they yeah. describe it as a all the hop flavor with a lower alcohol content, which is really interesting. Cool. Another one of their uh, rotators that they've just released re- relatively recently is their Lopan Lager, which is a Yuzu Lager, and they've yep uh, done okay it. done deal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I knew you'd love that one. And uh, they were this was made in collaboration with Dumpling Drop, which you may remember oh. from Driftwood Brewery. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And honorable mentions, yeah, yeah. There you go, yeah. And the uh, I've tried their Black Swans Porter, which is one of their staples and one of their most popular ones, and it is just a really solid, beautifully balanced, malty, dark roasted coffee porter, and oh, it is, uh, it is a solid, solid porter. Um, the other one that I would like to mention is their Vikes Lager, which is the beer that they always have on tap. That uh, portion of the sale goes right to the athletics uh, department of the university of victoria and just a very very solid refreshing and malt forward lager so awesome yeah uh they also so of note the ones that i haven't tried uh yet they have a scotch export which is a scottish export ale that hints that has hints of caramel and toasted malt and then balanced out with some floral hops they describe it as the perfect winter ale, and it certainly sounds then. This one I haven't seen either, and I am really, really curious about this one. They call it the Flamin Beer, and it combines two things. It combines bacon and barbecue. What? So I <laughs> didn't realize that this was one, otherwise I would have gone to Swans and tried this before recording, but this was, uh, this is definitely making me want to go back there. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's pause right now and get you out there, and then you can come back and talk about it. Yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the kind of mainstays. They also carry uh, a dabbling of uh, other local breweries. So they have some Phillips and Hoyne, uh, 33 Acres, and Driftwood on their rotating taps. They also carry some um, European beers, which is kind of cool. Uh, I won't go through all of these, so it'll just be, take way too long. So kind of a really interesting, you don't see many pubs or breweries, or at least I don't, that carry like very specific European beers on, on mm-hmm. the menu, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah, uh, super cool. They have some local cideries as well. They have some uh, cocktails, uh, which two of them are on tap, which is their Negroni on tap and Blackberry Sangria. Their uh, their cocktails seem to have, uh, the a lot of them seem to have... Uh, hard bar or liquor from uh, local distilleries, which is always really nice to see. They have a nice dabbling of wine as well. And one of their part of their happy hour, you can get bourbon at half price between three and 6 PM. Yeah. Cool. Very, very wide range of different kinds of beer and, and hard bar. The menu consists of like your typical appetizers, pub favorites. Now, 
I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you remember, but they had a they do vegan nachos by the pound. And, yeah. And I can't remember if we did the one or two pounds uh, vegan nachos, but they were absolutely delicious from what I remember. They had really nice melted uh, vegan cheese on top, which was always delightful, and it was super, super good. Their salads and bowls, all of their veggies are actually sourced from a place across the bridge called Topsoil. So it's literally oh. a, a stone's throw away from the brewery, where is where you're getting all your veggies and all the salad fixins, as they say. Yeah. Throw out the hundred mile diet. Let's get the hundred foot diet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they also have uh, pizzas, and each of them are uh, made from scratch. Uh, House made dough. Uh, you they're made to uh, feed about six people. So they're quite large. <laughs> well, or, or so one you day. and I could crush one easily. Yeah, <laughs> or one of me. <laughs> one of you, yeah. I was trying to be generous, but yeah, one of you. <laughs> <laughs> their sandwiches and their burgers, their meat is uh, uh, sourced from Two Rivers Specialty Meats, which is a, a butchery in North Vancouver. So again, supporting local businesses and, and such. Their mains are delightful sounding and they consist of like, you can get fish and chips, you can get like a clams and induja, which I have no idea what that is. Um, pasta primavera. They also carry uh, poutine as well as vegan poutine, which is very, very good. Yeah, there's a like a huge vegan community in Uvic, I'm pretty sure. And so that I'm sure that has something to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. One of the really nice things uh, that the more recent owners and like and managers and stuff who work at Swans, uh, they've really wanted to keep the sense of community support within Swans. A lot of the managers and colleagues uh, actually provide and serve lunch at a local um, shelter uh, on, a di- on, a, on, I think, a weekly basis. So that's kind of nice. Mm. They followed in uh, Michael, the founder's uh, footsteps and uh, really trying to give back to the community that has kind of made them what they are today. So it's really interesting. They, um, Their manager uh, is has incredible experience in terms of the, the hotel portion. So she uh, manage, managed Sandals Resort in Jamaica, the Hilton and Meriden in London and California. And she also ran a hospitality training program in Cambridge, England for 10 years. So she's got quite the uh, CV behind her. Wow. As well as uh, their their new, relatively new executive chef, Jason McMillan, uh, was worked in the Jasper Park Lodge Fairmont. He was worked uh, locally in the Oak Bay Marina and a, a French Asian restaurant called the Black Trumpet in London, Ontario, which uh, sounds very cool. He was also a local uh, local lad who uh, graduated from Esquimalt High in, in Victoria. So uh, he is a strong believer in the French cuisine, but he also influenced or introduces a lot of the uh, beer into his recipes. He created like their Scotch ale ketchup and their uh, calamari is breaded with their brown ale uh, breading, which is really neat. So uh, it seems to be that pub was changed hands uh, a couple of times, but it seems like the, the modern day ownership sound, seems to be trying to evolve the restaurant in terms of trying different things with the food uh, and and experimenting with different flavor profiles and also evolving the types of beers that they provide from the brewery itself while also keeping a foot in the traditions that made Swans what it is today, which is com- the community aspect, um, the belief in the arts, and uh, just giving back to to uh, lots of different aspects of Victoria, like UVic, and the difficult-to-house community as well. So it's, ni- it's nice to see that they're keeping it traditional while also trying to modernize at the same time. And, uh, of course, supporting local, and uh, especially local farms, and 
um, local businesses around um, to supply them with uh, delicious and fresh local food and ingredients. That's amazing. Yeah. If you find yourself in downtown Victoria and are looking to have a pint or a bite to eat or both or a place to stay for that matter, uh, you can find um, the pub is located at uh 1601 store street victoria uh the hotel it's the hotel portion of it it, for some reason is a different location uh, a different address but it's the same building it's 506 pandora avenue and then their liquor store is one kind of storefront up from the uh, hotel which is five which is located at 514 pandora ave awesome thanks dan well no problem now i'm dreaming of those nachos i know yeah me too i'm dreaming of that flamin beer (laughs) well that about wraps it up for this leg of our journey taste bc radio is recorded edited and produced by jeff wilson and me dan kavanaugh you can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes and our taste bc map make sure to follow us at taste bc radio on instagram and facebook and we'd love to have you join our community on patreon you can also now connect with us on untapped links are in the show notes Tune in next time to find out what we will be tasting next. And never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really helps us grow and we really do appreciate the feedback. Until next time, support local and keep it tasty. Nice. Where it's like, I want to say it's like drinking milk, but it's not. Because there's such a horrible explanation. Man, we are not doing good jobs of describing beer as well today, but... (laughs) Metallic. Yeah.